Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tory Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined by R.C. Peck today. So a big welcome to you, R.C., and thank you for joining me. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, it's my pleasure. So, R.C., you are an investment educator and trainer. So please introduce yourself and tell us more about you, your education and training business, and how you help many others in the ways that you do. God, introduce myself, huh? Um... You know, so I go with identity, right? So how do I identify or self-identify? Um, and even though in some ways it has nothing to do with financial advising and money, when you ask that question, the first thing you think of is I'm a single dad. So I have two kids, uh, divorced. And um, so I'm a single dad. Um, how I got into investing is, yeah. is probably a little different than most people. Uh, my parents had their life savings stolen from them. So I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois outside of Chicago. Um, and as a late teenager, I first year in college, came home. Both my parents were sitting on the sofa crying, super scary. I thought one of my sisters was dead. Um, I asked about is Tar and Tanya, what, what's going on? I don't understand. Um, most 18, 19 year olds don't ever have seen their parents crying unless maybe they're at a funeral or something. And it turned out that their financial advisor uh, embezzled all their money from them. Um, oh. And I was first trimester, uh, first semester, I was in a tri is three, tri three uh, trimesters in my yeah. college, but first part, and I was super scared. Like, am I going back to school? Like, are they telling me no more college? Yeah, <laughs> like this, yeah. <laughs> this is this is scary feelings for a 19 year old brain, and and I just I didn't understand how someone steals your uh you know your life savings, like to a, to a 19, 19 year old brain. How to like steal a car, steal a TV? How does someone steal all of your savings, all of your yeah. life savings and accumulation? So, I'm kind of a cynic. I am exceptionally skeptical. Um, my heart is open, but I'm direct. Yeah. Um, I think there's an incredible amount of misinformation out there in the world of how to grow money, how to protect money. Um, and so I come, I kind of come at it from an outside point of view, right? I didn't work for a big box advisor. Yep. Um, I did graduate college. I was an Asian studies major. I lived in Asia in my 20s. I made a lot of money selling medical software and hardware in Asia. And I came back home. I said, I'm going to figure out this money thing. I, I just, I wanted to figure it out. I wanted to figure out how, how, this, whole thing's, how this whole thing works. And so I basically spent my, my mid-20s figuring it out. And, and I, I didn't owe anyone any money. 
I, I didn't have to go, like I paid everything off. Um, I, I figured out I could live to 115, 115 years old. And I would, I had, everything was paid for. Now I had no mortgage. I had no wife. I had no kids, but I was like, yeah. I was, I was free. I was free to figure out this money thing. And so maybe it's a long answer to your question, but I, I came at this very, very skeptical, even cynical because I was angry. Well, it's hardly surprising given the experience you've had with your parents. <laughs> uh, I think anybody would have been so. Yeah. I mean, so, yes. So, I mean, that, that's kind of like, I came at this like, oh my gosh, did you know this? Did you know this? Did you know this? And so when I started my coaching company, which by the way, there was no such thing as coaching people, like being a money coach or an investment coach. And that's barely a thing today in the US still, but definitely back in the late 90s, there was no such thing. Like well, you don't need a money coach. You just put your money in the stock market and mm. it goes up. Um, but that's that's... I started Fearless Wealth in 1998 to be like a, you pay me, I train you to think in a way that's best for your money. Okay. Outside of the complex or the structure of this big box, you know, investor idea. Yeah. And you, well, basically, if you started this in 98, then you certainly were an early adopter of this type of coaching. Well, and I, I did it because, I, I mean, I did it because I was frustrated. I was angry and I didn't have to go get a job. Like I could, I could go, I, I was living outside of Manhattan at the time. I would go into the city and go in to the Twin Towers and go down to the trading pits and go, you know, to parts of, like, you know, where the traders sat with their shirts and ties and watched them trade and and be like, oh, it's not how we're taught it's to be. Oh, okay. So just really getting that insight of, oh, I understand they, they I'm, I'm doing kind of a collective they, we're taught to be scared. Yes, scared like, of money. We're, we're taught to be, like, this is the thing I became very, like it was the, one of the first things that became super clear to me. Like when you talk to an advisor or a money manager or a broker, or an insurance salesperson, but anyone dealing with money, I was like, they're literally teaching us to be scared. I'm like, oh God, this is feeling scary. Like these conversations I would have with people, I'm like, they're teaching me to be scared. And then they swoop in saying, hey, hey, don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it. I'm like, but you just scared me. And you're saying now you're going to take care of my scaredness. I was like, this seems kind of, bullshitty like <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. like is that true and and just so you understand like i was already a skeptic i yeah. i didn't know this but i had undiagnosed dyslexia okay so so i didn't read a book until i was 19 years old i i have i went to a very expensive high school in a very rich town and the only reason i graduated with very good grades is because this high school in this very rich town had this massive wing of just art. Yeah. Any type of art class you could think of, they had. And I aced every art class. The teachers loved me. They gave me extra one-on-one -on -one classes. And all those classes, those A's counted the same weight 
as physics did, and yeah. English and yeah. science. They're the same weighting for the GPA. So I stacked my years in high school with art classes. Um, so you, yeah. you mentioned you, you also visited the, the trading floors and the, and the pits, et cetera. So which give you a great uh, deal of insight into uh, trading on investments. So how did you go from there to educating yourself on uh, these, these topics? Um, by losing a lot of money. <laughs> Try and error. Um, there were many excruciating years. I mean, if there's ever a time to lose all your money, it's in your 20s. Yes, I agree. You can, you can rebound, you can recover. And so I probably didn't have any money by the time I was 30. So does that mean then you've been able to live to 115 has already changed by that, by that time? So, I mean, you can't read a book on swimming and learn how to swim. Yeah. And I, I wrote a book on investing. I think three people bought it. I mean, there's lots of books on investing, but what I realized is, you know, someone has to hand someone money and say, you train me to be skeptical of you. Okay. And to skeptical of everyone. I don't want to have to trust anyone. Now we may have to trust a brain surgeon because we're not going to spend 15 years or whatever it takes. Right. But we don't have to, we don't have to trust the cashier necessarily or the bagger at the grocery store. Like we don't think like, God, am I trusting them? Right. But we, there's this whole trust thing when it comes to money. And I was like, the brain has to shortcut. We, the brain uses these things called heuristics, like shortcuts. So if we don't know something, we have to trust. So Tony, I don't know that, um, that person over there, but you know, that person over there and I don't know them, but you know them. So the human brain goes, well, I know Tony, I trust Tony. Tony likes that person. Therefore it's okay to like that person. I'll be okay. Yeah. We use this with money as a shortcut. Someone's making something very complicated. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I trust them. I like them. They have great rapport skills. They look good. They're taller than me. Their spouse is better looking than my spouse. Their car is nicer than my car. Their house has more square footage than my house has. They live in a nicer part of town. I don't know what they're talking about, but I use all these shortcuts to go. They're taller, better looking, spouse better looking, house bigger, car nicer, work at a higher floor in a building. So they must know what they do it. (laughs) They must know more than I do. Yeah. And I don't know because I'm scared and confused. I don't, I just, I, you know what? Here's my money. And it's all, it, it, it's, it's a racket from the standpoint of investing is crazy simple. And the human brain has no understanding of growing money. It's a brand new concept to the human being. It's, it's a brand new concept. This idea of growing money is brand new to the human being. It's, I think for a lot of people, you might obviously with your experiences uh, think differently, but what I see uh, on my day to day is people are, af- uh, are afraid of money. Because, um, one of the reasons for that is they're afraid of making mistakes and losing their money from an investment point of view. Uh, and they don't want to or have no inclination to spend the time to find out for themselves. Well, it's funny. I, I talked to my, my coaching clients. And I said, imagine there's a room in your house. And on the door of the room, it says, you're going to feel mad, sad, afraid, and maybe glad. 
but maybe all four of them and, and varying degrees of ingredients levels. So yeah. maybe you go in one time and it's rage. Yeah. So it's mad seven X Yeah. or another time it's scared or another time it's sadness. So how often would you go into that room? Right. You probably wouldn't want to go into that room a lot. The interesting thing about money is it loads up mad, sad, glad, afraid. Now, those are the only four feelings humans have. Correct. Humans can yeah. only feel four things. Now, yeah. adult humans make up all these words for mad, sad, glad, afraid. Yeah. You know, I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is not a feeling. What is, what, what is, oh, I am scared and sad. Okay, so you're feeling sad three parts scared and two parts sad, which an adult human calls overwhelmed. But, and I don't mean to go too deep, but when you can teach someone to identify the feeling and not call it an adult word, but call it like a 10 year old word, like Tony, I'm feeling really scared to go look at my retirement account. Okay. Once you identify the feeling, what's interesting about the brain is it actually calms down. Literally, literally blood stops, the blood flow to your amygdala decreases as soon as you identify the feeling and you yep. say it out loud. And I, I figured this out. I'm not like patting myself on the back, but I figured this out when I taught this to clients and they just said it to their spouse, honey, I, I'm scared. And the, the, usually it was the husband that I'd be coaching to the wife. And she's like, I, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, you're having me do everything. And it's scary that if I mess up, then you're like, well, that was your fault. Like, I don't, I don't want it to be my fault. And she'd be like, I didn't realize you were scared. Yeah. But no one teaches this. It's so basic. Of course, money is scary. So yeah, it, it, money is interesting because it's this vehicle that brings up, and I hope I don't lose half your audience (laughs) if I haven't already. I'll maybe lose half of them now. It actually brings up past trauma. It actually brings up past trauma. And that's why people go, you know what? I'm just going to get someone to manage my money so I don't have to deal with this. I think knowing, I mean, obviously you've coached thousands of people over the years, but um, you need to know at least the basics of uh, managing or investing uh, to know, even if you're not going to do it yourself, you can have a good conversation with, with any advisor that you're going to use to do that. And sometimes uh, if you're working with advisors, if that's the choice uh, and you don't know uh, your, your sort of toe from your elbow, then you're never going to learn. You need to engage with uh, other people and advisors. But I agree with you. Uh, the best thing of all is to manage to um, or learn how to manage monies in the first place because you're in control. You're not relying on anybody else's decisions where there's good, bad, or indifferent. And the more you understand, the more you learn, the more fun and enjoyable it becomes. Money doesn't have to be dull and boring. It can be lots of fun if you get it right. I mean, once you understand what's going on, you're like, oh, God, this is going to do that. Right? I mean, so one of my philosophies is, there's three parts to every human. I believe there's your wealth, there's your health, and there's your relationships. Yep. And you can't actually outsource any three of those. Correct. Right. You, you can't hire someone in the Philippines to manage your marriage. Um, now, 
if you want to hire someone to manage your money, that's totally fine. But I, I, I of course, come from the point you need to be consciously competent. Yeah. Right. You, um, you, I, I you want to be consciously problem. competent. So if, you know, if you go into a watch shop and you, you walk in and they have a, a shovel, a hammer and a pickaxe and you bring your Rolex watch in and you're like, you would, you, you, you probably don't know much about how watches work, but you'd know enough to go, I think those are the wrong tools <laughs> to, to, to be using. <laughs> and the problem with money, with money is we're not taught like even the, the rules. Like one of my rules is if you can't beat the S&P 500, first of all, just, just understand that the S&P 500 with dividends reinvested Correct. I call yeah. that your free stock market rate of return. Yeah. It's free to buy, it's free to own, and it beats 95% of everyone over any five-year rolling period. So look, if you want to do this, you start, I, I say start at the front of the line. That's not where the story ends. It's just where it starts. Like, so why not just start with the thing that beats almost everyone? Well, most people don't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. We use trackers in the UK too. Yeah. So... So tell me, you are at the age of 30 uh, and you'd uh, had uh, some uh, negative experiences in terms of uh, you lost a lot, lot of money. Where did you go from there? So one of the things I ask my clients is, do you, do you need to figure this out or do you want to figure it out? And there's no right answer, but they're two very different answers. Um, so one of the courses I have is a, a people want to learn how to trade and what I know for sure traders, if you want to be a good trader, you have to want to want to do it and you have to want to want to figure it out. Trading is very different from investing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if someone comes in, I'm like, Oh, you, it sounds like you need to figure out how to trade to make up for lost time. I was like, this isn't going to work. This is like, if it's a trading conversation, if you don't want to want to figure it out, it will absolutely not work. Investing is different. So I'm answering your question as far as like, I wanted to figure out the money thing. Yeah. I wanted to figure out the, like, I really wanted to, I wanted to figure it out because my dad was 50. So I'm 50 in a month. I'll be 50. My dad was 50 when he lost all of his money. It was stolen. It was embezzled by his yeah, financial yeah. advisor. And my mom was 47. So now here I am. I'm 50 now. I have two kids. I'm a single dad. Um, oh my gosh. If I lost everything. First of all, he didn't lose everything. It was taken from him. Yeah. So what I did was I got a day job. I did not know how to talk about what I did. Yeah. Um, you know, like, hey, people pay me to train them. Oh, I said, that's free. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, if you go on Fidelity or Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley or JP Morgan, they have a whole tab called education. education yeah. Oh, it's free. I'm like, oh, no, no, that, that's knowing the difference between a stock and a bond. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, okay. But I'm talking about what happens when you actually put your money in and how do you know when it's not like, how do you know when it's not right? And so it took me a while to figure out, oh God, if people don't buy training. Like if you want to be a good footballer or soccer player, you have coaches, you have trainers. You don't, you don't see them reading books. Like they're telling you, and I grew up playing soccer. Um, so I got a day job 
I mean, you asked what happened. So I was like, I need, I need a day job. <laughs> I went through all my money. So I got, I got an outside sales job. Um, I figured out how to not get fired by working two days a week at this company. I mean, I, I came in, I was the outside salesperson. I figured out the system very quickly. I'm like, okay, there's, there's 50 sales reps. Yep. Okay. The bottom five get fired every six months. Okay. Yep. Don't be the bottom five. Um, the top 20% never get called in. They never get issue. I'm like, oh, if I'm number 20, everyone leaves me alone because there's 30 people below me that are having to deal with stuff. So it's like, what's the easiest way to, for me to get a B, you know, be a letter, the letter B like, and this is what I did in high school. How do I get a B and then spend the rest of the time in the art department? So I got a day job selling outside, um, outside, I was outside sales and I, I would just, just figure out how to sell my own service, my own coaching. I mean, it took years and years to figure it out. In terms of uh, self-education, which I'm assuming is what you did. So what type of things did you do to learn how to um, invest and trade? You must have done. It became a commodity. Yeah. I started trading commodities. Right. Okay. So there's about 80 different commodities you can trade, at least back then. I'm sure there's more now. There's more now, yeah. Um, but, you know, say there's 20 super, super liquid yeah. commodities. And what I realized is when I started looking at the commodities and I, I, I started reading price charts. Yeah. And price charts changed my life. Um, because as a dyslexic, reading was nearly impossible. Yeah. I could read. But to read a page, if you read a page in a book, yeah. that, that may take you two minutes yeah. to read that page. It would take me 10 to 15 minutes to read that page. Okay. And when I got to the bottom, if you asked me what the page was about, yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to it tell you again, anything, yeah. anything about it. So I started reading price charts. I started to learn how to read price charts and look at price as a, as a trend and a direction. Like, oh, oh, look at this. What, that keeps going up. Wait, it keeps going up. Like I thought it would fall. I thought it was going to get like um, dizzy and fall over and, and, and it was way too high. And I just started noticing things that were trending, just stayed trending way, 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 way longer than I ever thought it could. And the things that I thought were cheap, the stuff that was flatlined and mm-hmm. really low to zero, because when I first came in, I'm like, you buy close to zero because that's cheap. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, it's cheap for a reason. So to answer your question, I started learning how to read price charts. And I just started noticing that if you bought something that was already doing what you wanted it to do. And I was like, oh, if you want your portfolio to get bigger, you you need to own something that's getting bigger. Follow like, the trend, yeah. Yeah, like the price. Like mm-hmm. if the price isn't going up, I, I don't care what the other metrics are. And I never got into, I mean- I did study fundamental investing because that's what everyone studied at least in the eighties and the nineties. And I just started noticing I would buy these stocks that brokerage houses would call C's or D's or F's, but they were just trending. They were just trending. Um, And so in answering your question, I started to, I discovered price charts. I was like, Oh my gosh, they look like treasure maps. Like someone would be like, you got to buy XYZ. And I go look at the price chart. And I'm like, 
it's lost. Yeah. It's like a bus driving around town lost and confused and it doesn't know where to go. And, but it's got the best marketing. It's got the best marketing campaign. I was like, I don't want to be on that bus. And there'd be another bus heading north out of town with horrible marketing. But I wanted to go north, just sticking with the metaphor. So I was like, why don't I just buy the things that are going north? It's not that simple. And you just can't buy that. You just can't do that. Oh, are you a timer? You're a trader. Oh, you're so risky. Like I start getting all these words put on me. I was like, what do you mean timer? Your timing. What do you mean? Like timing what? Type in the market, yeah. And I'm like, aren't we all timers? Hmm. Which we are. I mean, you're either going to hold it for 30 years or you're going to day trade every minute. Like it's a spectrum. And I was like, oh, if you're on the extreme of any spectrum, it's pretty unhealthy. Yeah. So I started learning about price charts and I started studying NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, NLP is super fancy for how the brain actually works, how the software in the brain actually creates its beliefs and its behaviors. And it happens through words and experience. Strange. I just had uh, an NLP practitioner on another call, a previous call. So a bit of a coincidence there. So. So yeah, I started using NLP with my clients and they started getting the exact results they wanted very quickly without trauma or drama. I was like, oh, rewire the brain, offer them a simple solution, have them identify their feelings, portfolio goes up. And up, but not always, not always up in one direction. They, they obviously, they do uh, vary from that. Of so, course, of course. There's, there's going to yeah, be sideways in this is, yes. Uh, so you, obviously, this is the trading side. Tell me more about the investment side of things. So, I mean, investing and trading are very different, and yet there's a lot of similarities, right? You, you buy symbols for both of yeah. them. You're putting money into both of them. Um, the intention is slightly different. So with, with investing... And I'll just set aside financial planning for a moment. Just with investing, it's very similar. I want them, I want everyone to buy things that are already doing what they want them yeah. to do. Yeah. And you have to start with, this is, this is one of the first questions I train everyone to, to ask themselves is, is the stock market even going higher? Right? Because as you know, there's periods where the stock market doesn't go higher. So yeah. the first thing I just wanted to know is, well, is the stock market going higher? And it, and you, you can, without getting into weeds, there's simple ways of using moving averages, yep. simple, yep. not complicated ways to have it really be a binary question, a yes or a yep. no. Not whether you, not the valuation of the market or the, the unemployment numbers or the GDP numbers, but just the market itself. And so with investing, the first question I train people to ask is, is the market going up? I, I didn't train them to ask themselves what their risk tolerance is. I didn't, I didn't say, hey, Tony, what's your risk tolerance? Because what I realized is when I asked someone that question, their risk tolerance is zero when the market's crashing and it's 100% when the market's going up. So it's like, this is a very contextual question, right? So if you ask someone that question on a Tuesday, 
and they had their coffee and their marriage is good and the market's going up and they see their portfolio going up, they're going to have a high tolerance to risk. And just the opposite. If the marriage isn't going well and their job doesn't look that good that, that quarter, they didn't hit their numbers and the market's down 30%, guess what their risk tolerance is going to be? Close to zero. It certainly changes depending on what's happening in your life. There's no, in your there's life. no doubt about that, yeah. And so it's your money and your life matters, but you're putting it in the market. So the, what I realized is, oh my gosh, we have to know what's going on in the market first, right? So, okay, you're 40, 50, 60, 70. Which direction is the bus going? Is the market going north or south or is it confused? And I, I just realized, oh, there's only three things an investment can do. Up, down, I don't know. Um, and so through looking at price charts and learning NLP, and I've been using it now for 18 or 19 years, helping people rewire. Um, and your question was about investing. Yeah. I have them first start with, what are the questions you're asking yourself? Most people aren't asking themselves questions. They're using statements or they're asking the wrong questions, right? So with investing, what questions are you asking? And to me, one of the most important questions is, is the market going up? Yes or no? Okay. That's nothing about you. Okay. Um, and here in the U.S., the market mostly is the S&P 500. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, so first let's buy the market and reinvest dividends. Now, in the U.S., the historical return is 10% a year. Yeah. So again, we're setting standards here. It's one symbol. And it's like, this is where we start. And then if people want to be in things that are moving faster than the market, then I show them specifically and quickly, oh yeah, if you want to go buy XYZ, it has to be beating the market because if it's not, what's the point? And the point they would say is, well, it's doing this or it's doing that. I'm like, that's a story. The only thing that grows your portfolio is price. So with investing, I start with, I start listening to the questions they're asking themselves. I'm like, what do you say to yourself? Again, most of them are statements. I can't lose. I'm too, I'm, I'm old. My job's going away. I can't lose this money. Statement, statement, statement. I'm already down. I've got to make up for lost time. Okay. So you've now just shared nine statements with me, right? So in answering your question, I want to understand what's going on with them, right? Because, and I've done this, I've done this experiment for years where I can give the same symbol to 20 or 30 people and they have 20 different performances on, on the same symbol, which to me is fascinating because we know it's not the symbol. So yeah, with investing, I start with the index. Is it a yes or is it a no? Hmm. And then once we start there, we can ask the follow-up question. If somebody comes to you and says, I want to learn to um, make money, either through trading or through investing, but they're not sure which is the right option for them, uh, how do you take them through that process and put them on the, the right track, whether it's trading or it's investing? So the, the, the first course I started in 98, it's had many names over the years. Mm -hmm. I used to call it clean your financial house. Okay. 
Um, no one wants to clean their financial house, by the way. <laughs> no one wants to clean their house. They hire people to do that. <laughs> but so if, if someone comes to me and, and literally if they're like, look, I will start where you think from your 23 years of experience has the highest probability of getting me where I want to be with the most safe acceleration. Well, I'd say you absolutely need to clean your financial house, which is the investing course. Yeah. So, because it's the foundation, it's literally foundational. And, and when I say that, oftentimes I'll have someone, almost always a man say, well, I've been investing for 20 years. Like, okay, that information doesn't help me. If you want to show me your performance, and most don't know their performance, because that tells you everything about the person. It so does, yeah. If, if in answering your question, if we're not willing to audit our behavior, then you can't move forward. And if someone doesn't understand how to invest, it's not going to get better with trading. Trading is more of a, like a condensed, I know trading is very sexy and exciting, um, but it's kind of like if you're a bad driver at 35 miles an hour, you're you not going to be worse at 65 miles an hour. You're going to be worse at yeah. 65 at night. Even if the roads are dry and it's clear, like things don't get better when they move faster, <clears throat> right? If you're a bad parent with one kid, <laughs> you're not getting better with two. It's, it's like if you're on your, your 17th girlfriend or boyfriend, right? The 18th is not going to solve the problem. <laughs> so it's, it's a fair question. Like I, I wish everyone would, would start with investing. So yeah, I would agree. You know. I, I think what well, I would, I would determine that investing is where you start because that's where you learn the basics and you uh, build on on the basics and obviously the the more you do the more experience you get then the better understanding and the better you are going to get at this uh, trading is a different animal again in my in my experience which is it uh, tends to to go at a faster pace in terms of the analogy that you give so therefore you need to have more knowledge uh, than you do to start off with investing when you go into trading so I think trading is a natural progression if you want to go into that, but after you've done the, the, the investing side of things. And I understand why people want to trade. Well, it's more sexy, isn't it? I mean, in terms people well, see it, trading as, as a sexier option. So they, it's a, a faster, it's a more beautiful uh, partner, should we say. Well, there's a lot of hope involved, right? If yeah, you think about yeah. the hope, like I, I've got to make up for lost time. Okay, well, that's a statement, and that's a very dangerous statement. Chasing, chasing uh, losses is, is one of the worst things that we can do. You, you know, we both know that. So. Um, the highest, and when trading becomes gambling, it becomes dangerous. The highest suicide rate out of any addiction on the planet is actually gambling. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's higher than alcoholism or anything else. Yeah. Gambling has the highest suicide rate. Um, and, and a lot of it is because money is hidden. If someone is 300 pounds overweight and smokes four packs a day, you can see you, the, you, you can't hide that. No. But if someone's super fit and good looking and is horrible with their money, it's kind of hidden. Yeah. But money is very identity level. 
So I get why people want to do trading because they're like, I don't have time. I got to quickly get this done. And, and it's like, okay, we have to slow down to go fast. Like, let's get, let's first get smooth about this. Let's get the, the fundamentals in. You think you're wasting time, but actually we're, we're, we're making sure that your mistakes are much smaller. Um, so yeah, and answering your question, absolutely. I would love it. <laughs> I would love it if everyone did investing first. And out of that, they'd say, oh, you know what? I now get that. I'd love to take 10% of my money because I want to have fun with it. And I, I want to want to figure it out. With investing, everybody, I believe, needs to figure it out. It's a foundational yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but do they also, if they want to figure out investing, they're such a better student. And coachableness is one of the things I sort for when people come into my world, because I'm going to offer a lot of things that are not mainstream. Um, so they have to be open to looking at something differently. Yeah, the best client I have, or the best clients I have, are the ones that we're on a, a journey together, if you like, whereas they may start off with relatively low uh, knowledge and experience, but over a period of time, they do become very knowledgeable and they are making decisions with you. And often they will make their own decisions because they have a far better understanding than what they did when they first started. Um, so I think that when you have a client or a student in your case, sure. then you, uh, the best ones to have are the ones who want to learn, that you want to understand because you know they're going to be your best students or your best clients and you can have grown-up conversations with those. And when you go through difficult periods like we have done over the last 12 months, they understand a lot more than what they would have done if they hadn't gone through that, that process. A lot of the, the scaredness that happens with a person is, is the lack of clarity, right? And the lack of control. So um, I, have, I have this free course called Clarity and Control because what I've just noticed what people want the most is I just, I just want clarity of what's going on, right? I mean, imagine if you'd walk around and every once in a while someone would just slap you, mm-hmm. and, but you didn't know why. Like it would feel really scared. There'd be this lack of clear, clarity, like what is going on or a loss of control of your life. When people have control over their money and they have clarity of what's going on, and then the market falls 34, in the States, it, the S&P fell 34% in 30 yeah. calendar yeah. days. Yeah. Um, other countries fell different variations. Uh, there um, was similar levels, I think. Certainly in the UK, there was. Yeah. Having clarity of what was going on visually seeing it and going, okay, I know where I am. I've been taught about these things, never won this fast, but because they had a level of clarity, they had a level of control that they never had before. Like, okay, I got it. This is what I have to do. And it was very procedural. Yeah. But also uh, if people had the means in terms of cash uh, available, then they could have done very well if they, um, Invested money is also that, that those lower points, because as we know, with most events, uh, they do come back. Uh, it's a matter of time. Uh, this one obviously has come back uh, quicker than perhaps uh, what we first anticipated. Uh, but if you have that knowledge and understanding, you can make those informed decisions. Yeah, one of the things I have all my clients do is I, I want them to look at 
the the four or five biggest crashes yep. over the last 50 years. Like I want them to visually look at the price chart uh, here in this. We had one in 1974, mm-hmm. uh, as far as big ones, 74, yep. 87, 2000, 2008, 2020. Yep. So there's five over the last, uh, say, 50 years. Yep. And for them to go and look and go, okay, the one in 74 from top to bottom, 18 months, yep. oh, 18 months, okay. 87, three months, 2000, 30 months, 2008, 18 months. Yeah. Okay. The four biggest before the one in 2020, 218, one three month and one thirty month. Them seeing it with their eyes, they go, oh, these end. Like they can read it. We can write a book on it, but for them to look at the actual prices falling, well, falling, the, the falling, graphs falling. tell the picture, don't they? You know, in a very simple way, they can visually see these things happen. Uh, but when they do happen, they do recover. It is a question of how long it's going to take. Are you prepared to ride out uh, that period where there's three months or 18 months? If the answer is yes, then that gives you a much more... Uh, comfort to know that in all probability that investment is going to recover and 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 i agree and so no one's taught to think with their eyes we're taught to think with words yeah and right we read about things but then our brain takes words and that our brain actually makes pictures right so the most overvalued since 1929 that's going to scare the brain. The brain's going to look like, am I going to have to eat cat food for us? Like it's scary to hear, but we, but we hear these words, right? And I've worked with a lot of women over the age of 50, um, divorced. And yeah. one of their biggest fears is being on the street, yeah, being a bag lady. I've heard it from yeah. multiple, I mean, hundreds of women over two decades. Like that is a fear of a, of a divorced or a single woman over the age of 50, regardless of whether they have money or not. Yeah. Is this, it's like they're loading up eating cat food. Oh my God, higher valuations than 87 and 29 and 2000. B of A, Merrill Lynch just signaling new cell signal. It's like, I'm scared. And we're hit with that. And our brain hears those words or we read those words and it loads up. I'm going to be on the streets. Over the years, I mean, first of all, how long do, do your courses last? So somebody comes on board with you, how long are your courses? So are they, are they weeks, months, or? Yes, yeah, so um, they're eight weeks. Um, and there's three parts to it. You have to get my IP, yeah. which is mostly done through videos. Yeah. Um, there's homework. Because if you're not actually getting in the pool and practicing a swim stroke or something, it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Don't do it on the sofa. Cause it, it, it's yeah. not- <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I'll say to my clients, like, this is my expectation. My expectation is you show up. Yeah. Even if you don't like me, I, I'll say to them, we're taught to like the person. I'm not looking to have you not like me, but I'm just letting you know, you may not like what I have to say. Yeah but my expectations just show up. So what I learned is cutting out all the fat, getting, getting them quickly to knowing if they're safe or not. 
Okay. So that means I, I yeah. train them to read a price chart because that's the thing that can tell them. If it's going higher and they're feeling scared, they can go, oh, I'm scared, but the money isn't scared. Yeah. Oh, price isn't scared. I'm scared. And they make that distinction like, oh, I'm scared, not the price. Um, yeah, it's trying to take the emotion out of it, isn't it? I'm having them identify who's scared. Yeah. Is price scared or are you scared? Um, and then I want to see their financial house, right? So I want to see what it actually looks like. But to answer your question, it's eight weeks. It's actually one of the things we're taught that there's a lot of effort involved. And that's actually not true. Money, money does not do effort. Humans do. So one of the things I, I teach both investing and trading is, you know, with, within medicine, it's minimum dose. Yeah. Maximum reward. Right. Right. So you don't take the whole bottle of Tylenol or ibuprofen. You take the minimum to get the maximum. With investing, people think maximum, maximum. Yeah. <laughs> I can trade all the time. Therefore, I should trade all the time. So I quickly am just showing them how you do effort. Money doesn't. It's very difficult sometimes to get people to sit on their hands and do nothing. Um, because as you say, or certainly from a, from a trading point of view, uh, over trading is, uh, can be disastrous. And no one owns what you're invest. No one knows what you're investing in. Like we all think everyone like the market knows yeah. unless you're, you know, managing tens or hundreds of billions. But what I do is I bring them in in a way very quickly. So their brain shifts almost immediately. Like, Oh my gosh. So I guess the way I describe it is imagine you've been going to the beach your whole life. Mm -hmm. You're smart, you're intelligent, you make a lot of money, but you've been going to the beach the whole life. And when you go to the beach, your back is always to the water. Yeah. It's always to the water and your eyes are always closed looking away from the beach. And next to you is someone whispering scariness to you, but you hear the waves behind you. And so you don't know which ones are going to hit your ankles, which ones are going to take you out. Yeah or anything. So very quickly in my training, what I do is I have them turn around on the beach, open their eyes and go, there are the waves. Oh, oh, they sound scary. No, I know. Oh, those, that that looks normal. I, I know. And now you do. Now they can see the beach. They can see the waves. They don't have to trust someone about the waves. They can see whether weather is or is not happening. And so I do it almost immediately in the training. They go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize my back had been, I've been taught. It's not, it's not anyone's fault, by the way. I didn't realize I was taught to back up to the beach, close my eyes and hire someone to tell me what they think it's going to do. And so almost immediately in the training, they go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What else, what, what else is there? <laughs> What else is going on? because it's important to get that, that, that breakthrough quickly. Right. Because then it, 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 it changes the behavior of the brain. Like, Oh, Oh, okay. why? Oh, okay. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Oh. And it's no longer trust or like, or, or good or bad. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's water. Those are waves. Oh, here's a big one coming in. Let me just back up. Um, so yeah, the training's eight weeks. It's designed with a, a shifting early in the beginning, not like doing a lot of homework and getting through. It's like, let's get to having you have that experience you've been looking for very quickly.
because it's important for the brain to get, oh, okay, I'm safe. And do you then take them through more advanced training after the eight weeks? Yeah, so everyone wants something different coming into the training and everyone wants the same thing. Yeah. Right, everyone wants to know they're going to be okay. Everyone wants to know they're going to have enough. Right, everyone wants to know that their loved ones are going to be okay. So there's these commonalities that everyone wants. Yeah. And then once they get the baselines, then they go, this is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. Right. And so that, that's a, that's a whole group of people. Yeah. And there's others that are like, Oh my gosh, what else, what else is going on at the beach? Like, what else can I do with this x-ray vision? Like this is, I'm, I'm so, this is, I'm so interested and curious about it. So it kind of depends where people are. Some find it very fun and enjoyable and they want to do more. And others are like, I, I, I got exactly what I wanted. This is great. Thank you so much. Without naming names, are you able to sort of share some notable um, successes with uh, you, some of your students? Um, or what do you see as success as from a yeah, student? Yes, so, I mean, anyone who shows up to the beach and is able to turn around and see it and go, oh, I'm okay. Right. So, um, very common successes are people maybe firing their financial advisors. By the way, I'm a financial advisor. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm a registered investment advisor. I manage people's money for a living. I have a separate company that manages money and I have a training company. Yeah, so, too. so I, I, I have both, but by, by the way, in the U S that is in, incredibly unusual. Yeah. It's incredibly unusual and even, even more unusual in the UK. And the regulating <laughs> my <laughs> compliance lawyers like RC, just so you know, there aren't people like you. So the regulators don't understand, you know, this yeah. train training, train like training. They hear education, they hear it's free. Um I actually forgot your question. I know you asked me a question. Um, success is really what do you see as got it. so people come in and they're like i never thought i could retire i can retire now i was up at night i was losing sleep i didn't like I, I don't worry about the market anymore i mean this is super common i'm not scared about the market anymore last year was a great example they saw their accounts change in value but they're like yeah i saw it i i learned how to you know step out yeah. when things happen so there's this control back over their life. Yeah. Um, I'll often get an email from a wife. Most of the people that take these courses, unfortunately, are men. Yeah. I say unfortunately because, A, women are better at investing. Um, they're better money management, full stop. They're much better money managers. They have less testosterone in their body. There's no ego plays or hero trades. They're so good. They, they have less head trash going on. Mm. There's less ego and chest pounding. Um, but sadly, most women think it's a men's thing. So a great, a, a common enough experience is a wife emailing me saying, I got my husband back. I got my husband back. Our money's doing better. Like it, it'll just be, oh, by the way, yeah, I, I've been watching our money. It's doing much better. We, we let go our money manager that 
saved us. And like, I have my husband back because what she did not realize, and he'll say this to me too. He goes, I feel like I have my life back because I know now we'll be okay. Um, But it's, it's to hear it from the wife or the spouse. Um, I almost never hear it from the husband. If the wife comes in, (laughs) like there's another rooster in the hen house and it's like, okay. Um, But in answering your question, people can hear and they can read um, case studies and still they come in, they go, Oh my God, I had 50 symbols. 45 were dragging the sailboat down uh, and five were making it go faster. I didn't know that. I now understand how to, get rid of the things that are hurting me. No trauma, no drama, no five alarm fire. Just, oh my gosh, I, I didn't know it, right? And so that level of clarity is life-changing. Yeah. And these are men and women who are not 20 years old. Yeah, and they're not, they're not uh, uneducated either. A lot of these people are very intelligent. They're just, highly educated. They haven't been switched on to... Uh, that aspect in terms of uh, investing or trading or just money full of stomp. They were taught to close their eyes and put their back to the water. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when, when people show up and say, I want to figure it out almost immediately, they're like, Oh my God, I own 87 symbols. No wonder why I'm scared. Yeah. But they, they then know exactly how to start calling that and getting control back and knowing they're going to have enough and that they didn't realize just the, the speaker in their ears, like, I don't know if it's going to work out. I mean, you got to work more, you got to make more money. You got to, because it was just this unknown, unknown, unknown. All of a sudden it's like, Oh, there it is right there. Dark clouds are coming in. Okay. Look very dark and black. Don't know what's going to happen, but this is, this is the high probable thing to do. And so they're, because they're in control, they get their life back. That is a common response from a client of having their life back. And, and they'll even say to me secondary or tertiary. Oh, by the way, my accounts up 40% this year, or my accounts up 22% or my, like, but it's not even the first thing they lead with. They go, I'm saving more money now. Because I want to, or I make more money now because now I get how to keep it and grow it. Like it's this secondary effect or this third order effect where like, no wonder why. So th- those are, they're, they're quite common responses. Um, and I think because it's a, it's a practice of understanding how the brain works um, and people are actually taught to 55% of our brain is for pattern recognition, visual, visual yeah. pattern recognition, yeah. not audible yeah. or olfactory yeah. or guttural, yeah. but 55% of our brain is pattern recognition, visual pattern recognition. And when I show someone very quickly and simply to recognize a, a pattern that can make them stable and safe and certain and comfortable and sleep well, they're like, oh, I didn't know this. So I think you've demonstrated uh, perfectly um, why education is so important. Um, 
and no uh, more so than there is in uh, investing uh, your own money and learning to do that and do that to a level that you uh, take control um, and you make your life a better uh, or you make yourself a better future by being able to do that. And as you've uh, illustrated, once you do that, that person changes, the outlook changes. It can make such a difference to them. Yeah, they become a bigger difference maker to themselves and their family and their cause and their community. Yeah, absolutely. I'll see we coming towards the end. Um, I have a favorite question I ask all of my guests. And that question I'm going to put to you as well. And the question is, what does wealth mean to you? So I'll answer two ways. I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. Um, it doesn't mean a big house and a new Mercedes and a Rolex. Um, so the first time I ever made a lot of money, I bought a Rolex. (laughs) And you took it into that shop where they had a a spade. (laughs) I I, I have it. It's a GMT two. It's beautiful. It's one of the, you know, standard, you know, sports Rolexes. It's been sitting in a box for about 20 years. Um, so wealth is not a, a showcasing, um, to me, it's going skiing on Wednesday with my kids. Um, I pull my kids out of school a lot before the pandemic. Um, I'm, I'm blessed with two kids that school is not difficult. So, um, and even having being divorced, my ex-wife's fine with it being wealth is saying to my two kids, Hey, you want to go skiing on Wednesday? Um, like Wednesday's not a Wednesday. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's not, a, it's not, doesn't have to be a work day. Um, um, is knowing like wealth is um, I don't have a dining room table. I have a pool table. I, I don't necessarily like pool, but I want to invite more fun into my life. Yeah. And, and what I noticed is I owned this dining room table and I used it once a year for something called Thanksgiving and the other 364 days a year, <laughs> it was just something that I, I placed stuff on. Yeah. I, hope. I, I do. I do. I do have a top. I mean, it's all, it's all ping pong table. <laughs> My kids love ping pong more than pool, yeah. but I guess what I'm saying is it's choice. It's freedom. It's the ability to question like, by the way, I don't live in a bachelor pad. Like I'm, my kids are here a lot. Like yeah. I'm a dad first. Like if yeah. you, we started this conversation off, like who is RC? RC is a single dad. Yeah. I love my kids. I love being a dad. It's ridiculously difficult. All my failures, you know, are around dadhood, but wealth is being able to buy a, uh, replace your dining room table and put a pool table there. Um, it's like choice. Wealth is choice. Um, to do things you don't, to avoid things you don't want to do and to be able to invite more fun into your life. Uh, That's a perfect answer as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think choice, freedom, balance, all those aspects are far more important for most people than that monetary value or the, uh, the luxuries that goes with it. It's been having being able to live the life that you want in essence and have the choice to be able to do that. 
When, and I'll just say this, and I know we're wrapping up. So in my early 20s, I made a lot of money. Yeah. And I remember going, okay, now what? Like, it was very fortunate that, and it wasn't a lot, right? It was a lot for a 20-something yeah, yeah. in the 90s. Like, it was more than any other 20-something I knew yeah. had. And I had 500,000 flight miles. I'd been yeah. flying all over the world, living in Asia, living this life, just this luxurious life. And I was like, huh, still not happy. Have all the money I need as a 25-year-old. I don't want to not have money. But it was just nice to be able to buy a Rolex watch in your 20s and go, well, that didn't work. Hmm. So I probably don't need the Porsche. If I want to buy a Porsche, that's fine. But if I'm not already enjoying, I don't mean to be like a Hallmark commercial because I'm not. I'm a, I mean, I'm a recovering cynic and a skeptic, but like, it's, it's just really going, okay, got it. Um, good relationships, good, good loving relationships. So um, anyway, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the conversation. I, I think there's a strong argument here is, is having enough to have or enjoy the life that you want. Uh, and that doesn't mean millions and millions and millions. It means having enough, whatever that means to you as an individual. I'll end with this quote. I'll, I'll get it close, but not exact. There's a, um, a book called Catch-22. Joseph Heller wrote it. And he was at a... Uh, party, I don't know, in the 60s. Um, and I forgot the other writer who he was talking with. And they're at a money manager's house. And the guy make, and the one writer says to Joseph Heller, he goes, Don't you feel bad that he makes more in a day than you make in a year? And Heller said to his friend, He goes, I'll have something he'll never have enough. And I just, I love that. And yeah, I, yeah. To know when you have enough, um, I mean, that, that is, that's special. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that too. Arcee, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'd like to wish you well in everything that you do. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time and your energy. Um, and it was great. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk, on my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how? You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TT Wealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.